My name is Alec Cowan, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. This podcast contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Run fast from a day job, running fast from the way it was, jump quick to a paycheck, running back to the strip club. I'm never going back. Hey, y'all, welcome to Horchata Squad. This is Jasmine Jackson, and I'm subbing in for Vero and Marianne because they're allowing for other women of color to just take up space and vocalize issues within our community and i am here with a guest by the name of imani dorsey hi imani how are you today yep it's right everybody my name is imani (laughs) my name is imani um i use she and her pronouns and i'm stoked to be here yeah well it's lovely to have you today imani um, we have a few shout outs today and um, I have a shout out to my dog, Silky Jackson. She is a Yorkie Maltese mix and she's just a little strong black woman. Cutest bitch alive. I like to think that if she had a race, then she'd be black. And so, yeah, she's independent. She works two jobs. Her birthday is May 16th and she's going to be three years old. And oh yeah. Yeah, and I have a shout-out, too. Also, shout-out to my dog, Fife. I agree. Um, my dog, if she had a race, she would be black as well. Um, but her name is Fife, and she is three as well. Oh, my God. Our dog is the same age. Yeah, wow. Uh, awesome. Well, that's not what this podcast is about. We're not going to get into it. But the real shout-out <laughs> goes to my sister, um, Alexis. Um, she doesn't go to the U of O, but it's her birthday by the time this podcast goes up. And she's turning 21. Uh, we're 16 months apart. We're, like, tied at the hip. We're essentially, like, twins. We're best friends. Um, but she really enjoys makeup, being funny, finding good music, having good style. Um, and she's, like, the best person we know. Would you agree, Jasmine? Yes. I actually know Alexis, and she's dope on the rope. And I don't even know what else to say about that. Basically, you've encompassed all of what I'd say about Alexis. Um literally best sister of my life and she's about to turn up and she deserves to turn up yeah gang 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 gang. um we've also brought a few items into the podcast room because as mentioned in episodes before this is a pretty dull room it's like really dry colors and really kind of sad in here it smells like a daycare it smells like a daycare um i'm not sure if it's like white breath on the podcast mics or what it is but we will say it smells like a daycare and um yeah so we brought a few items to lighten up the mood and i brought my newly bought hydro flask i have a yellow one and a white one but my white hydro flask has the patrick meme that looks like he's looking down like an angrily like grinning or mischievously like grinning um and then below it it has a quote saying I got to get better at being me. And it's a lyric from a Brockhampton song. Shout out to Brockhampton. I love Brockhampton. Yeah. And <laughs> you're basically, um, yeah, I have a bottom. The bottom of the bottle has an insecure sticker, too. And then you flip the bottle over and it has Frank Ocean. And I'm absolutely in love with him. And I could cry. I Every time I talk about him and every time I think about him. Don't get into it. Don't get into okay, it. Okay, yeah. Let's just settle down. And then right below that sticker, I have a SZA sticker. And I love her too. And I just love both of them so much. And I brought that to the podcast room. And I also brought my grill, which I had mentioned in previous episodes. And so y'all should listen to those. 
Uh, Monty, what did you bring to lighten up the mood? Uh, you already know I brought my favorite lipstick. Uh, if you like catch me on campus, I'm more often than not wearing this lipstick. I have a few tubes. Jasmine is using one right now. Um, but it's called Berlin. It's like a, it's like a pink brown color. Um, it's by NYX. It's one of the soft matte lip creams. Um, and it's like my, I like don't remember what my lip color looks like. Cause I like wear it all the time. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> the other, um, item I brought is a yellow yellow this is orange this is an orange lighter um don't know if that's allowed but (laughs) that's what it sounds like and it has um some flowers on it and a puppy golden retriever sticker um which jasmine decorated for me we're roommates by the way yeah i was gonna mention that we had (laughs) said earlier that i knew her sister (laughs) and how she was so cool and then also we mentioned well she mentioned how i use her lipstick and so y'all are probably wondering why do they know those things and do those things but yes we're roommates yes we live together and we lived together last year and we went to high school together so yeah some deep connections it's pretty happening in this room right now (laughs) yes and we're gonna get even deeper today because we're actually going to talk about oh yeah i'll talk about it um so we're basically gonna get into um we titled this broken clocks um because we're gonna talk about our specific experiences as black women at this at this university um and just talk about how our experiences um are different um and our temporality that we live in is different than um other like even uh, even other people of color on this campus let alone like white people so yeah yeah exactly and when yeah we mentioned earlier that we're roommates and so um sometimes that entails like that we spend time together and so um (laughs) yesterday (laughs) yeah um we actually thought of this topic because we were on a car ride yesterday um, running errands and we we're heading to Costco and we we're in the midst of traffic and we we're just talking about our days and then we we're like I'm exhausted I'm like juggling so much it was like really wild because yesterday I think it was like it was like extremely muggy we didn't dress for the weather we were sweating like we said it was rush hour it was like 5 30 the traffic was nutso we had like the windows down. It was like really loud, <laughs> and we were like stressed trying to drive to Costco and like get there in time. So it's just the the whole situation, the circumstances were not ideal, and so we were expressing our woes during that because it was stressful. Yeah, seriously, and we were just like talking. We went on to say that we just are doing so much at once, and I think yesterday Monty had something to do every hour. And I was like, yeah, my week is spread. I have something basically almost every day within this next two or three weeks or so, basically this entire month. (laughs) And so we're just talking about why we juggle that much and like the burden that we do have in juggling that much as a woman of like color. Um, Yeah. And specifically like a black woman of color, like we were, we were like really getting into it. We were like, how much do we do? We were really questioning it because we're like, why the fuck do we do this to ourselves? But it's like, that's such like a harsh reality of like being a black woman is like, no matter how, like how much we do, it always feels like we're not doing enough. So it's like being a black woman and like growing up as like a black woman and like doing all this like cool shit. Cause we do a lot of cool shit like mm-hmm. in college, but it's like, we need to like, we have to unlearn like feeling like a failure and like, 
feeling not good enough because like we're still learning to do, like still unlearning how to like have that mentality because we like we still put hella shit on our plate <laughs> we like don't have time and we stretch ourselves so thin but it's like we like we like need to be successful because there's all these structures working against us mm-hmm. um and this um kind of leads into like how we are black women attending college like we're at the university of oregon and we attend school every single day like like our education is central to what we're doing every single day and our purpose for being here we're trying to get a degree um <laughs> yeah exactly and like so with these like all of these things and like our agenda being so spread out and being so bu- busy and preoccupied we didn't even get into the fact that we're de- dealing with things mentally and having to deal with things like you know gendered and like homophobic and like classes like racism and like mm-hmm. um how it affects our like purpose here and so yeah. that's why that conversation kind of led into this and so that's what we're going to be talking about today is it's just like a kind of question we've posed is how does our time as black women compared to a, a non-black non-woman time in education um because we have a very unique and specific experience um navigating our education so um jasmine do you want to give our listeners um a rundown of like your typical day and like what kinds of things you're involved in yeah so besides seatbelts everybody (laughs) yeah seriously click them on because aside from dealing with just oppressiveness (laughs) alone (laughs) i have so many duties and um yeah i wear quite a bit of caps and you don't think about it because you're just you just take on so much like as a woman of color sometimes well specifically a black woman at least in my experience um and you just think that no matter what you do like it's still not enough and so um when you actually list it out then it's like wow I'm doing so much and so um I work for the DEI Division of Equity and Inclusion and basically I'm their photographer videographer for culturally related events so if there's like Latinx Heritage Month like and there are events that come along with that month and I'm there. Um, I'm photographing and whatnot. And then within DEI, um, so those are events alone. But then also there's like subcategories to, or I guess layers to that job as well because I'm going to these events, but I'm also in doing in-office hours, organizing things within the so- server. Like after I take photos or videos, um, people through DEI and outside of DEI also schedule me. And um, I have to go to different events whenever I'm scheduled and those are additional hours. And so basically relatively my like schedule changes per week. And so I don't really have a consistent schedule. Um, And that's even aside from classes. Um, There's collaborative projects I do, exhibitions, um, art shows. um, And I'm actually doing an art show at the end of this month called Space for Race on 30th. And that's from 5 to 11. So that's (laughs) a thing. Um, and an exhibition called Women Ball 2 from 11 to 4 on the 23rd of this month. And so things like that. <laughs> so that's projects that are needing to be like formulated and created prior to those dates. And so that's separate. I'm also um, an SLT leader, a student leader, um, leadership team. Um, and basically we just um, are being like student mentors for incoming freshmen. And we take them on like a fall retreat and basically stick throughout um stick with them throughout their entire freshman year and like check in and out with them i'm also recently a um been elected as a senator seat for 11 for journalism Mm -hmm. and so yeah Mm -hmm. there's um meetings and that entails for that and a lot of training and all that 
Um, and so basically I don't have room or much room to do the things I like to do um, for what it sounds like. And I'm enjoying doing all these things. Like, don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, self-care. I don't know if that's there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I do it at all or um, hardly enough. And um, yeah, so I'm doing quite a lot, but I'm sure Imani has a list of her own too. And she has a plethora as well. And so, yep. yeah, what are some things that you are involved in? I'd be on the go, bro. <laughs> um, so I, you know, just like, like me and Jasmine, like we're just, we work so we can afford things. Um, so my job, I work for scheduling and event services. Um, not for long, but <laughs> I've, been there, I've been there for about a year. Um, and just like, it's my schedule, my work schedule changes every single week. Um, I use Google Calendar more than a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like Jasmine, like I'm, I'm like, like work fills up like the cracks in my day. It's really odd. Um, but other than that, like going to class, um, I do organizing work. Um, I work in the ASUO as a state affairs commissioner currently. Um, I was just elected, um, as vice president. Um, so, um, I'm pretty involved in the ASUO, um, but currently I'm doing, um, just like organizing work, which is, um, like running a voter registration and voter education campaign um but also um since i was just elected to vice president um people like need things from me um so this entails like a lot of meetings um meeting with other meeting with other campus leaders like other asuo officials administration doing trainings and stuff um so my spring turn has been jam-packed um i'm holding office hours um i like I said, I use, I use Google Calendar a lot, so I schedule, like, eating time or, like, downtime, which is usually, like, 30 minutes in the middle of my day between classes or something, um, and then, like, studying when I can and, like, running errands so I can, like, have good hygiene and things like that, um, but, yeah, like, my days usually start at 7 or 8 a.m., and then it ends around 8 or 10 p.m., um, and so I spend a lot of money on food because <laughs> I don't have time to meal prep and things like that um and I don't sleep a lot or do a lot of homework but I make do I'm still surviving <laughs> yeah it's so wild because even after we've lifted all these things like in being roommates like we actually don't see each other we see each other in passing when we're going to something or doing something or like the only like 15 minutes we have like in the day <laughs> and like that yesterday was even just like oh, we got these 25 minutes to go to Costco and run an errand yeah. for something else. <laughs> like, And so um, in all of these things we listed too, like, I hope that it was noticed that none of that included self-care. <laughs> like it was like subtle and it was like trying to like fit in the, like between the cracks of everything. But it was like, we Last got, we priority. got, we got better, we got better things to do. Like, let's yeah. keep it going. And um, I guess one of the points on, on this car ride when we were, because when we were having this conversation on this car ride, we were talking about all these things and we were like, wow, like we just listened to our white peers say they're so busy and they're so overwhelmed. And we're like, they're really, <laughs> what are you pre preoccupied with? Just these like physical duties and these everyday duties while we didn't even mention like what goes on in our head, like mm -hmm. with just being like a black body alone and how much labor goes into that and emotional like labor goes into that. And so that's one thing that we noted that white people do not have to deal with. And so um, that is 
what has been the big distinction between our experience as yeah. opposed to our white peers yeah and like this is super exhausting like we don't have time in general to do like regular shit um but because we're like putting all this on our plate to like be successful and like have that social nobility that we're like searching for like getting through getting a degree um we don't like don't have time to like think about and like flesh out our oppression and i think this is like a huge distinction between like white people and or like more privileged identities versus like black women like even with like i don't know like social like class status or something like that you're still dealing with like a racialized gendered um like oppression racialized sexism racialized homophobia things like that um and so having that like weighing on your conscious and like your existence um is really limiting and so like like white people like they can explore they like they can like do like all these i don't know they can explore all these other opportunities and like i don't know like advance themselves and like take things to the next level because they don't have the weight of, of, of oppression weighing on them and like how like we don't really like complain about it because we do shit anyway but like Mm -hmm. it's there and like it's take it takes such a toll on us yeah and then with that not complaining about it and and yeah we're we're told not to complain about it yeah we're told not to complain about it because you're here exactly and if you do none of these things or juggle a lot of these these things then you're lazy Mm -hmm. and like you're placed into these like controlled images of like just being a lazy black person yeah welfare queen that sort of thing exactly and so it's like we're trying to step out of that so hard that we're willing to put as much as we can possible Mm -hmm. if not more on our shoulders than sometimes we can take and yeah yeah and (laughs) um like when uh we were elected like our slate ducks together um if you didn't hear about us like look us up um but when we were elected um one of our missions like one of our platform points was to provide aid for students and a huge part of our campaign was like we're gonna center the most marginalized people because they're the most vulnerable and they deal with the most on this campus and so we need to make sure they like are fed their mental health is in check um they have time to study um they don't have to worry about like affording things i don't know things like that um but also lying within that are bigger issues that are like less tangible like racism and sexism ableism and classism um and so not only are we trying to like make sure students are fed we also want to make sure that like we're addressing these like more glaring institutional problems that are affecting our ability to learn which is what we're here to do which is so wild because like our our slate was that's our goal and our mission was to address these bigger issues and to address things like on a minor level, like, well, mental issue is much, it's not on a minor level. Mental issue is mm-hmm. a huge deal, but like making sure people are doing self care and so on and so forth. And it's so interesting to me that majority of our slate is people of color mm-hmm. and we're trying to provide what we lack or we don't even do for ourselves most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're putting out what we need. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's really odd because it's like kind of ironic um, that we like took on another role to like try to do that, but that that's just like like the nature of what like being oppressed is like. So like, how do I? We talked about this in our ES class today, our ethnic studies class today. Is like, how do we navigate and like how do we resist our oppression? Um, and like part of that is like doing a lot of stuff to like try to find some way to like find freedom 
or like liberate ourselves in some sort of way and so that comes with like testing a lot of stuff because no one's giving us the answers yeah and that's difficult too because i mean we listed all these things that we have we're responsible for and that we have to do on a daily if not weekly basis and then so that's a weight alone and then also being actively resistant and in that like we place a pressure on ourselves because it is a privilege as a woman of color to be here because we are aware that some people in our community they don't have the opportunity that we do to be here and so it's like if we're not actively doing these things or actively taking on these roles or positions and leadership roles then it's like what are we doing here and we're always constantly having to question our purpose here and so Mm -hmm. it's exhausting because it's like wow like if only white people knew like (laughs) that i don't get to just come here and be like i'm on daddy's cash like yeah i I don't have to go to class or i don't have to be involved in extra things and not just go to class like i damn i wish damn like and like what an easy life (laughs) and like if we're talking about like the classroom environment like like we are here to learn especially like in the social justice classes like an ethnic studies course like we're in a women of color issues course i'm in a black feminist theories course and those are really healing spaces for us when we get the chance to talk or mm-hmm. we get the chance to like read and engage in this material. But when our time is taken up by like people who like this is all new to them and they're like realizing their oppression and they just like want to vocalize it and externalize their emotions about it. Like how much time do we have in class? An hour and 20 minutes, two times a week. And you're going to, raise your hand you're gonna beat me <laughs> to raising my hand so you can be like oh my god i had no idea this was going on what what do you mean like this is n- this is not news to any of us yet you're taking up our class time to talk about it like mm-hmm. i feel like my time's wasted here and like yeah definitely and it's like we don't have time to share our spaces that we're supposed to be able to vocalize about for people white people to be like wow i realized that I know what racism is now. Um, (laughs) I didn't know it existed. Like we, that time is not for you to realize these like issues exist. Like it's time for you to just sit back and listen. And for us, like, like we, we think a lot when we're in class, we think a lot about these things, but we are socialized to shut up (laughs) and not like speak, like speak what's on our mind. So we kind of just have to like internalize what we're learning and sit with it. And then we never get the, like once we do like kind of like reconcile what's going on in our brains, um, we don't have the chance to like talk to and like have open dialogue about it. Exactly. Which is so frustrating because like you, this is what I'm here to do. This is what you expect me to come here mm-hmm. and do is to learn and like advance my like thought about this, about these issues. Yet you don't give me the space to do that. Exactly. And like, when I was talking about the ways in which we function and all of our responsibilities and like what we do in that white people have no idea what's also going on with us mentally in having these roles or like roles of leadership, because we also are aware that though we have these titles, we also know that we're in black bodies when we have them. And so that we have to function and we're being watched and like looked upon way differently than that of a white person if they had the title or they had that position. And so when we have that buildup and those, all these emotions that we're dealing with every day mentally and carrying that into spaces that we feel like, wow, I finally get to breathe. And then it's taken up by a white person. Then it's like, I'm angry. I'm mad. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I even mentioned that too. Um, and then you feel like Martinez. I told I'm him I was like, the productivity exactly. of the class by then, being mad. Exactly. And then we also have to think about the fact that we don't want to be centered into this, like, or categorized under this, like controlled image that like 
you're an angry black woman if you are vocal about wanting people to step back particularly white people and like I even mentioned that in class today and I was like it's not that I like don't know what's happening but it's just like I don't know how to say it where I'm also like upholding these titles and these things that like people know that I have while also trying to resist yeah and like um this is like a huge facet of like what being a black woman is is like like analyzing your circumstances and like the, the space that you're in and you're like is this safe for me and so you make strategic like tactic like tactful movements and behaviors and actions to protect yourself <laughs> like yeah. like you said like you you're like i know what's going on but i'm not gonna say anything because i don't want to be mm-hmm. categorized like this and, and why like, people can use their voice so loosely like they mm-hmm. don't have to think about how they'll look and how they'll be perceived they don't have to and like they they know that they can freely speak their mind and i just don't think that they think about that sometimes and they're like i don't know like there's yeah <laughs> yeah i just wanted to like direct really quick to like um this article i read in my black feminist histories class um it's called black holes and the geometry of black female sexuality um it's by uh evelyn hammonds i believe she's an astrophysicist or something um but this article is about um it's kind of like a metaphor about um black female sexuality um juxtaposed with like um black holes (laughs) little black holes and like the existence of like nothing there um and this is talking about like um in late like lesbian and gay studies um or queer studies um the experiences of black lesbian women or like um black female sexuality um isn't talked about um and so um she's like theorizing solutions at the end of it um and there's this quote from it and it says But in overturning the politics of silence, the goal cannot be merely to be seen. Visibility in and of itself does not erase a history of silence, nor does it challenge the structure of power and domination, symbolic and material, that determines what can and cannot be seen. The goal should be be to develop a politics of articulation. This politics would build on the interrogation of what makes it possible for black women to speak and act. Um, And I think this is, like, really important and something I'm learning, um, being here is like when do I when do I get the time to like articulate myself and like that is when I feel the most like whole and like productive and like sane really is like when I finally get the chance to articulate myself and like the nature of this institution doesn't allow us to do that so Mm -hmm. how are we supposed to grow and like take care of ourselves if we don't Mm -hmm. have a chance to do that Mm -hmm. and I do think that there are faculty like some faculty and staff or like professors that are genuinely trying to create that that space while also being aware that they are people of color like trying to not only be a professor but also make this a space where they're like you know taking in student voices and allowing for like freedom of speech and so Mm -hmm. i think that it's interesting because we're combating the fact that we're thinking about the way we speak and act and how we are able to articulate our thoughts while also trying to not avoid like not resisting or not doing anything at all and there's like there are professors of color that are also thinking the same thing yeah and I think that's interesting um because I find that in like Ernesto Martinez like he often tries to do that too and like allow students the freedom and like the people well students of color the freedom and space to vocalize and have that articulation and like space to do that because you're right in this like this institution in general that's not in place for us Mm -hmm. and so i think that's why like we do get so mad like as 
students of color being in these spaces because we're like this is for us but also we know like there's professors that are also like yeah we're trying to make this like space for you it's so interesting and, like, to like witness because <laughs> yeah. you're like how what do we do about yeah this? like what and, do we do <laughs> and then you're like oh my god time is like running out mm-hmm. like we like time is so limited and like constrained for us here that it's like do we just be complicit in this like we have to think so like smart like intelligently mm-hmm. about every move we make to make the mm-hmm. most of it and like make sure our time isn't wasted like seeing this and making sure that like we can like affect change still do the do our daily like routine yeah it's like it's like you're like um like trying to negotiate like today and like bigger issues with like i don't know it's like a lot of time that you have to negotiate i don't know mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say but yeah no <laughs> I that's think we're fine. getting at something <laughs> yeah i think so um and also just being in class settings and kind of t- tying back to what i was saying earlier is that well we're in these class settings with these white people and they're like wasting our time in terms of just like realizing that racism is existent <laughs> and that it's there it's like it doesn't stop there like just because you just realize this that doesn't mean like oh all of a sudden like you know i'm an ally to your community and like because we also need like white allies and so like i think that us as poc know that and we're aware of that so then we want to hear their voice and kind of in, in a sense like hear what they got to say on the, our behalf but then we end up nowhere at least in some <laughs> of the class settings like a lot of their they're saying a whole lot of nothing it seems like um and i'm just waiting for okay so what are you going to do and i think i'm always waiting for that and so then when i don't hear what you're going to what you're going to do or besides the fact that oh my gosh we should listen to y'all then i'm just like what are you taking up space for <laughs> yeah and like in that in that quote by evelyn hammonds like she's saying like like visibility like isn't like the only thing that we need like i know like they're like, oh, we're going to recruit, like, the school's like, oh, we're going to make sure we address our issues um, by making sure that students of color are recruited and, like, students from marginalized communities are being recruited. Like, but, like, what do they do once they get here? Like, representation isn't going to solve everything. It's a step in it, but there needs to be structures in place that allow us to, like, express ourselves and, like, I don't know, think in ways that will allow for like like greater change to happen and like actual um like correcting of the like oppressions that exist here exactly and like it's so interesting because every single point we're making it all still ties back to the theme that we chose of wasting time Mm -hmm. because when these structures are not in place then it's like we're expected to be here like four years grad like undergrad and like whatever if you go into grad yeah and so then it's like when these structures are not in place we really are wasting our time because we're like trying to navigate and make the best of we have to live like both we have to live all the lives exactly (laughs) it's wild exactly we're trying to like live our best life in this like predominantly white institution Mm -hmm. but these structures aren't in place like for us and so it's like we are wasting our time here you know and so like i think that's probably part of the reason why we take on as like many things as we can because we're trying to implement these structures Mm -hmm. and like in being yeah where can we affect change and like us being there and like like speaking freely when we can um those are like our opportunities for us to like try to slowly chip away at the like huge weight (laughs) that's affecting us so like 
I know we're doing a lot of like ranting, <laughs> but like if you like came here to listen, um, to see like what like what do what's the end goal? Like what do we need? What do black women expect for, from you on this campus? Um, and like a huge goal of black feminism is to center our voices. And like if you listen to this, like you're doing that, like you're helping play a part in that and like actually listening to them and not like, for example, taking the space in class when they have something to say to like talk about something that doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean don't be in the space because mm -hmm. it's not our job again for all communities. It's not anyone's job for people of color to educate you on our oppressiveness and educate you on these issues that each of our communities face. It's, up to you to place yourself in these uncomfortable spaces much like the uncomfortable spaces that we are always in and in general that we are in in this institution to educate yourself and place yourself in these like spaces just because we're not going to be like oh this is what racism is and this mm -hmm. is what black people deal with oh and this is why you shouldn't say the n-word and like we don't need to do that rundown because we already deal with as you've mentioned like as we've mentioned all of the regular duties that we have to do and all the emotional labor and the mental labor that we have to deal with and just being ourselves. And so we don't need to take on another job yeah, by no, educating we're you. We're not here and to so, educate. Yeah, don't get it wrong when it's like step back in these elements It's and don't confuse that with the fact of placing yourself in these spaces because you should and that's how you form good allyship and that's what you're expecting of you because we need white allies. People listen to y'all. That's the point of this goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> people they listen, listen to, to you. People listen us. to you. We want them to listen to us and so if they listen to you speaking on behalf of us, then, you know, we get in a little bit there. <laughs> and so, yeah. Like, if you are going to be in, like, the same place as us, learning the same thing, um, it's really important for you to be conscious of, like, all that students of color, especially black women, black queer women, <laughs> what yes. we face being here and, like, acknowledging that and realizing, oh, what, what could make this, like, learning environment most beneficial for them because like honestly capitalism makes you hella selfish and like mm -hmm. you're like oh i need to like like be as greedy as i can and take a, take as much as i can from this so i can advance but like we're in this together and like i think people of color why we like are able to like survive at these institutions is like through our communities and like the way we community build and like like keep our strength or it's just like it's like weightlifting or something um <laughs> when we get together mm -hmm. um and so that's something that we take into account and that's something that we do we like look out for each other and make mm -hmm. sure that all of us are doing okay mm -hmm. but like white people don't do that for us and mm -hmm. if you it and if you do that's good way to go you should be exactly um but there's always work to be done and so mm -hmm. don't take the little things that you've done thus far as a stopping point there's always things that need to be said because racism is always going to be prevalent and issues in our community is always going to be ongoing i mean it's yeah not, it hasn't slowed down and so that doesn't mean you stop there and yeah it's like it's like when you if you're gonna center our our voices like i think the best thing you can do is really listen to us and like like study that like don't like ask people to like educate you and like give their labor unless you're gonna pay them or something mm -hmm. and like, someone like said that in like class too they're like don't take the word ally or whatever as an, a noun people should be looking at it as, as a verb mm -hmm. and like 
you white folks that are said like said actively to be like advocating for these communities then you shouldn't be getting kudos for mm-hmm. things that you should already be doing and y'all are smart like you can figure it out like 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 just like watching how we watching how we work and like watch or like listening to like our experiences and what we have to say you can learn so much from that without it like being explicit and you can like ask for clarification if you need to but like it should this should be like a telltale sign mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah um do you want to talk about like how we heal <laughs> yeah I guess how we so. like heal during it's all so this? much like damn like <laughs> we really gotta like really like scrape the barrel like mm-hmm. finding ways to heal mm-hmm. like i think one thing that i do a lot is i like to like do work for our communities like mm-hmm. we, like i'll like like I said, we take on a lot, but a lot of it is like purposeful. Um, oh yeah, and definitely. Is it goes directly back into our communities? Like we said, it's like mm-hmm. a privilege to be like attending a higher education institution like this. But the work that we do is directly impacting those who like want to be like in our same field or mm-hmm. like are not in our field but are within our community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess it also, too, d- depends on, well, Imani is an ethics studies major, and, like, Yeet. a lot of people of color, like, on this campus, which is not very many, um, <laughs> they are also ethnic study majors, but at least for mine, like, being a journalism major, there's a lot of white people, and so I'm just, like, I'm always trying to navigate what, as a creative, what my purpose is going to be, and, like, what am I going to advocate for if I'm going to be, like, on different platforms, and um, I'm being given a chance to speak, and, like, it usually I, I realize that a lot of my like like the serious things that I like to do are centered around race like and um, particularly like the black community and like talking about like things like pertaining to particularly black women like why it is not OK to touch pe- black pe- women's hair or um, the contrast between one black person's like experience on campus as opposed to another and making like videos for that and things like that. And so, yeah, I think that one way to heal, I guess, that we heal ourselves really um is um using like our platforms and our like positions for the greater good yeah it's kind of hard because I, uh audrey lord said something like i feel like what's the quote it's like the master's tools will not dismantle the master's house so like it's hard being here and like like no like being aware of the oppression and like what exactly is affecting us and like you're like okay h- I'm, how am i gonna like harness what i have here to like make change and so like sorry audrey lord love you but like <laughs> it's it, like we have we have to like make do like like i said we don't have a lot of time here and mm-hmm. so like doing what we can and like being okay with that and mm-hmm. like like being apologetic not being so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. i think that's another way to heal too because mm-hmm. we were talking about all the things that we carry and we're l- talking we mentioned something that like stuck with me was the fact that no matter how much we do we always feel like it's not enough Mm -hmm. and so yeah being satisfied that there's only so much you can do and so much that you can take because we are still outnumbered on this campus Mm -hmm. you know by a long Mm -hmm. shot by white students and so like that's i think that's why we push so hard for them to listen and give a fuck Mm -hmm. because we're like um do y'all know that (laughs) y'all are the majority on this campus Mm -hmm. and so and there's very little of us and so like we're no going to look out for us exactly. better than ourselves. Exactly. And so we're not only looking out for ourselves, but this institution is ran by white folks. Most, and also it's filled with white folks. And so we're like, y'all, we need y'all to understand, um, to listen and educate yourselves and really 
actively like formulate good allyship like not just taking on the title as i mentioned earlier yeah and it's like when we get the time to like kind of reflect on what we do me and jasmine are like oh my god like i'm so proud of us like we're doing such good stuff but that only happens when we do have like the opportunity to be like introspective Mm -hmm. um and so like through doing that and like spending time with each other and like spending time with people we care about and who um are like have a lot of things in common with us we can all like take a breath um and think about like ourselves and like develop this like self-esteem and like Mm -hmm. pride in ourselves for like doing what we do um because like like we should and like everyone tells us like you need like you're not doing enough but once you like transform that into like being unapologetic um like not saying sorry so often Mm -hmm. um and I don't know like I don't know I'm being redundant but like being proud of yourself like that that helps so much in like being Mm -hmm. here because like we're surveilled so highly that it's like if I'm gonna be if they're if everyone's looking at me I might as well do whatever the fuck I want exactly (laughs) so exactly yeah they're gonna look at me regardless so it's like you might as well be unapologetic and it's so interesting because we're on the topic of like well we're tying this together with like how we heal and I noticed that a lot of the things that we're mentioning is all within our own community. Like we try and heal ourselves and like, that seems to be a constant theme. And so it's like, I guess that's a question and something that white people should question for themselves. Like, what are you doing to put an ease like on our shoulders and like weight off our shoulders? Like, what are you doing actively for that? Um, besides indulging in all the shit you like about our culture (laughs) like the music like the food like the nigga word like you know like (laughs) y'all like all that shit but like when it comes to like this oppressiveness that we've spoken about and like all the things we carry and like y'all don't have to think about don't have the energy exactly like (laughs) y'all don't have the energy are like oh not a I don't know her. What's uh, I've never experienced that. Yeah. Who is who is she? Who emotion. said that? Who said oppressiveness? Who said that? <laughs> who said? Yeah. But yeah, so it's like <laughs> yeah, um a lot of this healing that we're talking about, we within our communities we try to find solutions on our own because that's always been like our coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And so it's like come on y'all. <laughs> Do better. And also um like I know this is like kind of like a corny hashtag, but like hashtag black girl magic and like hashtag black boy joy. I love seeing like being on Twitter and like seeing black Twitter. Yeah. And seeing black Twitter and seeing those representations of like ourselves because they're not the same. Mm -mm. (laughs) Um, Black people attention. Black people are not monolithic. We're not a homogenous Mm -mm. group. Mm -mm. Um, So there are many ways that we can be black. Um, And all like allowing like seeing ourselves in that light and like i'm gonna say being unapologetic again like we don't have to like conform even though there's like so so little of us on this campus we can exist in our blackness in so many different ways which is like really refreshing to see and um it it, is encouraged it should be encouraged because if you don't fit into like this stereotype they're like what the fuck we're like what do we do with this black person um but like you can be black in so many ways so acknowledging that um is also really healing like i don't have to be this kind of black i'm my own type of black (laughs) because i'm black yeah and i guess like especially in like 2018 i guess too like 
I think a big theme for like a lot of like colored communities, I guess, like they're addressing the intersectionality aspect of um, like, yeah, colored identity and like making sure, yeah, this is not like one way to be black, as you mentioned. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's like queer POC um, and like there's people that are like, I don't know, like of all different types of like layers. And so I guess it's just like a, another takeaway is that like white people should realize also that there's not one type of black person and that with that, not all black people have the same experience um, on campus, off mm-hmm. campus. Um, and yeah, that could be a whole different conversation. Yeah. And that's a whole other thing <laughs> in itself. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes like even like addressing those different layers of like identity with like for like people of color sometimes you could like your time is wasted within that too mm-hmm. so, having to like prove yourself to be like i don't know who you are um <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like like even this this is healing mm-hmm. like like i feel really good like, i feel really good yeah. like i feel like i just took a i just feel like i just exhaled or something like that mm-hmm. like but look once again we healed ourselves <laughs> yeah and we've like like vero marianne thank you so much for like allowing us to like be here and like use this platform because Seriously. like it like i don't know women of color we like gotta look out for each other and like we find that community within each other and like y'all are the ones who know like what we need and so you give us opportunities like this exactly and, then we feel so good. and like yeah despite not dealing with oppressiveness in the same way because we both or like Monty and I mm-hmm. come from different communities than Vero and Amerian, then it doesn't mean that they are ignorant to the fact that we do come like come from different oppressive like mm-hmm. backgrounds and that the fact that they acknowledge it is also good allyship. And like, mm-hmm. I love when people of color are good allies because it, because it shows white people like, like, Oh, like, like you have no excuse. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, if other like POC like identif like different identified people of color like are allies to other people of color like communities, then it's like, yeah, you just make it look easy, and I love it. And yeah, this like having this opportunity to speak on these issues and basically just vocalize the weights that we carry every single day. Really, it yeah. feels really good. Like, I'm about to sleep good, bro. Me too. I'm about to sleep good because like when we get a chance to like talk about this stuff it's like oh finally like literally my shoulders feel less tense i'm Mm -hmm. not even joking we're gonna sleep good because we're woke all the time oh my god somebody get her somebody gather your friend (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for listening to orchata squad thank you merian and vero for inviting or not inviting letting me sit in the host seat and for imani dorsey for being a great guest thanks roomie until next time bye y'all peace out